next guest, we're going to talk about uh, father loss, big dreams, understanding how trauma can sideline your dreams and what to do to start dreaming again. Absolutely, Mom. And we're going to have Dina Babool come in and speak with us. Dina was on our Open to Hope cable television show. So Dina will talk a lot about hope and loss. And like you said, big dreams, understanding how trauma can sideline your dreams and what to do to start dreaming again. Dina is an expert in the field of fatherlessness and specializes in helping fatherless daughters reconcile their past in order to find their life's purpose. She is the creator of the fatherless daughter movement, which focuses on empowering fatherless daughters. Dina is an award-winning author of the Fatherless Daughter Project, Understanding Our Losses and Reclaiming Our Lives. She is a sought-after speaker and has appeared on many media outlets, including the Today Show, CNN, and Fox News, just to name a few. And she is weekly contributor to NBC's Atlanta and Company. Welcome, Dina. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay, so what I did is I put together a couple of um, slides because I think it's important to visualize when you're thinking about someone's life and what they went through and who they are. Um, I titled this Big Dreams, Understanding How Trauma Can Sideline Your Dreams and What to Do to Start Dreaming Again. Um, for me, I, I listed these four segments, safety, family, purpose, and dreams because I think my entire life is connected around those four things. Um, learning how to dream again, feeling safe, um, connecting to family and to myself and my purpose. Things we lose have a way of coming back to us in the end, if not always in the way we expect. I think this is such a powerful quote. Um, when I was 13 years old, my dad was murdered. Um, I lost my dad then, but I really lost him when I was three, when my parents went through a pretty tumultuous divorce. From three to 13, I saw my dad probably a handful of times. Um, he was a traveling salesman. His family were um, politicians, and there was a lot going on in the world. And in my world where I saw and heard my last name, but wasn't really present with my dad's family. Um, before that moment of losing my dad, I would say my dreams were about storytelling and writing. And um, I'd watch Carol Burnett and Saturday Night Live and think of skits. This was before fax machines or anything else, but I just knew I was going to do something creatively. Um, financially, when my dad died, um, we completely fell apart at the seams. Emotionally, we fell apart financially and then as far as my safety, because again, my father was murdered. We never found out who did it. So I walked around in a state of survival. I was angry. I was frustrated. I lost all hope. And I clung to safety, just trying to get through the days. Um, little did I know that sometimes life is working out for you, even then you don't know it in your darkest times. And it's not always your main purpose in life, but there is a purpose and we all heal together. So this is the day that my dreams were lost. Um, the loss of hopes and dreams are true losses that need to be grieved. I always show a picture of this godforsaken gremlin. This was the car my mom was driving after uh, my dad, uh, they divorced and she went from having a nice car. We lived in a really nice neighborhood and then we kind of lost it all. They were you know, arguing back and forth. And we ended up with this godforsaken car, which was my nemesis. Um, 
And the reason why it was my nemesis is because it was always breaking down. There was lots of problems with the car. And I just did not like to be seen in the car. I was 13 years old. At that age, you're really fighting for your autonomy. You're trying to understand who you are. It's not the age where you want to pull up at school and your mom kiss you in front of you or hear your car backfire or whatever's happening. Um, we drove that car to the funeral. And um, I was in that state of not just shock. I was in a state of magical thinking, um, thinking, okay, maybe my dad didn't die. Perhaps he's like Elvis. You know, maybe he's in the witness protection program or maybe there's a way I'm going to see him again. And it just all seemed unreal till I got to the funeral home and saw him, um, physically saw him and I fainted. Um, I remember my uncle, my brother's, my dad's brother walking me outside under a tree and saying, I'll be here for you from now on. And I remember thinking, you live in a different state. I'm not even really comfortable because I don't know you that well. I felt comfortable. I knew he loved me, but I didn't really know how to act. I was in that weird stage in life. And I thought to myself, if he knew how upset and how sad I was, he would run. Um, I would go on to lose four grandparents over the next four years. So in five years, I lost five people. I was re-traumatized over and over again. And again, stuck in survival mode no time for dreaming nothing I was just trying to get in day and get you know through the day I was driving back in that gremlin and my head was in that little corner in the back and I was talking to God and I had faith my uh mom's family uh we were Episcopalian um and faith was a big part of our life but I never really had to use it and I remember I was driving, we were driving back and I was having an argument in my head with God and saying, I cannot believe you did this to me. I can't believe he's gone. How are we going to ever make it? You know, I'm so scared day to day. And I remember God speaking to me and um, he said, yeah, your life has not been that great. And guess what? It's going to continue but your adulthood is going to be unbelievable and you're going to do really wonderful things. So this shows a picture of my safety, which is my family. Uh, my middle picture is my mom's family. My great grandfather was an Episcopal bishop. So faith was important to us. And then the right side is a picture of my best friend that I went to nursing school with. The reason why I put these pictures up is obviously I have my mom, uh, my best friend over there, um, she and another friend of mine were my best friends, and we ended up going to nursing to school together. I chose nursing because I know I wanted to get back, but I didn't know completely how to get back. And what I was looking for is how can I go to college, get a degree, and get out quick? That's all I cared about is how can I get money and stabilize myself? That was the only thing I was concerned about. Um, when you think about fatherlessness, we, we put it in two categories. The definition that we use in the book is the lack of emotional bond between a daughter and her father. That could be addiction, abuse, abandonment, death, divorce. People that, we, that deal with abandonment or divorce or estrangement usually hold a lot of anger and resentment. 
and survival mode, isolate and, and just ready to, you know, kick ass and do whatever they need to do. They don't need anyone. The people that deal with losing a father to death usually are the saddest. They're the ones who struggle the most and get stuck a lot of times. Like if only, and my, my life could have been this way and things could have been totally different had he still been around. Um, I chose a safe route being a nurse and that was what I decided to do after watching my mom struggle and realize, you know, this is the life I'm going to have from now on. This is my uncle, my dad's brother. He used to say, I love you, sugar. If you can't tell I'm Southern. Um, he helped me put the pieces back together in my twenties after multiple failed relationships and just anger and sadness and being so stuck in my grief. Um, I got in a little car wreck and I jumped out of the car. Um, it was my fault. And I jumped out of the car and what came out of my mouth was the lady started yelling at me. And I said, my, my father got killed. And I realized like, oh my God, I, I sound like a crazy person, right? And so I, start, I put myself in therapy. I'd went one time when I was after my dad died. And of course the therapist told my mom I was fine. But she packed up all the pictures. She moved on with her life. And here I was stuck feeling like there was a whole side of myself that I didn't know. So I went to therapy and the therapist said, the only thing you know for sure was that your dad was murdered. You need to go figure out how he lived. Who was he? And so I started feeling the need to, that old need to express myself. Um, I was doing therapy one or two days a week. And I started tiptoeing back into writing and um, got an article and started writing a monthly article for a magazine in Atlanta that was about dating of all things. But what I really wanted to talk about was the pain I was experiencing. And I couldn't really get that deep in a dating column. So I started writing in a journal, you know, after therapy and everything. And I would just sit down and just write till my heart was content and just get all my emotions out. So I showed this picture. This is my, my dad's um, grave site. And what I learned is there's two types of grief. There's complicated grief and then there's common grief. About 90% of us will have what we call common grief if there is such a thing, right? There's, we all know there's no timeline on grief. Everyone's got a different journey. But in 2020, a study found that people who experience grief may see improvements in six months to one to two years, whereas people that deal with complicated grief, um, which are about 10% of those people, it takes much longer. Um, if you feel like you're kind of stuck in complicated grief, it's usually you have a hard time making sense of your grief. You might displace anger or sadness in other situations. You feel overwhelmed by your grief. Um, it's all you can see. It's all you know. Um, your trauma response is just like my vehicle accident and how it comes out. Um, turning to unhealthy coping uh, uh, techniques, which thank God I didn't do. Um, but I did remain stuck, very stuck in my grief to the point that no one knew how to help me not even myself, everybody, you know, said the God forsaken words, get over it. I didn't even know what I was supposed to get over. There was so much of my life I did not know. So this is me uh, 
I was on the Today Show. It's interesting. I was working in corporate America in a medical sales company, and I was in D.C. for a um, meeting, and I was getting ready, and I was watching the Today Show, and under the ticker, it said, um, do you have a secret? And I thought, you know what? I'm ready. So I wrote into the Today Show and said, I was told my dad had a heart attack, but he was really murdered. Part of the story I didn't tell you was because my dad's family were in politics, everything was said that he had had a heart attack, but he was actually killed. In that moment, I decided not to let my grief define me as it had. I was in my mid-20s. This had happened when I was 13. And I really wanted to redefine my life and how to use that grief and what I would become. If you look at the middle slide, it says, until you fix here and address here, nothing can change here, which is so true. So I have my uncle, which I call my stand-in father. And I started doing therapy. And I called my parents and I called my uncle and my family and said, I'm going to, I was called and asked to be interviewed by the Today Show. Did the interview. Um, they pre-taped it. And then they called me and said, okay, we want you to fly to DC. Now I realize I had never said out loud to anyone that my dad was murdered. Friends, work, um, co-workers, anybody, even people I dated, I didn't really tell. So I go on to this big stage and I'm sitting there talking to Meredith Vieira and I admit that my dad had been murdered. And in that moment, I heard myself say, I want to be the voice of fatherless daughters all over the world. I had never thought of that. It was something just that just came through me. There's no agony like bearing an untold story inside of you. Maya Angela, who's also a fatherless daughter, um, wrote that wonderful quote. And it was true. Everything I wrote went back to this very serious girl who had lost her father. And I decided to write a book. Um, I had already written it in a memoir form. After I got off the stage at the Today Show, the agent that was the agent of the Holy Grail called me and said, come to my office. I taught her for four hours and she confided in, confided in me that her father, her uh, husband had died and she had two girls that were fatherless. And we started exploring all this qualitative and quantitative um, information that I had all these statistics that I had gotten. I was a nurse. I knew how to gather statistics. And I had been writing and studying this for years just to understand myself. And so she, we decided to take a turn with the book and turn it into something totally different. Um, in 2016, the Fatherless Daughter Project was um, published. The interesting fact of that is I had five publishing houses that were in a bidding war not too bad for your first book. And interestingly enough, all five editors were fatherless. So I did the book. I started, you know, coaching. I started talking to people. I started working with fatherless daughters. I started a 501c3. I went on a huge book tour. Back then, 2016 was much bigger than it is now. And um, I chose to heal. And through that time of writing the book, I also decided to go back to my inner child, not just to do the work of my inner child, but to feel the joy of my inner child and to do the things that I never got to do that trauma had stopped me from. I ran a marathon. 
I started a 501c3. I traveled everywhere under the sun. I even tried stand-up comedy, among 8 million other things that I tried, and just really had fun. There's such thing as the three C's of grief, but I changed it to the five C's of grief. Um, choose to give yourself room to explore. Connect to being a kid again and what first brought you joy. What makes you curious? Um, what do you care about when you're looking for your dreams? Clarifying those, those dreams and the things that you want to do and then communicating that to others because what we say and what we do has a lot of power. Um, I would say that when you're in complex grief or just common grief, um, you know, your your life gets put aside and you have to grieve and you have to go through that. That's really important to give your space, yourself that space and that time. But it's also important when you're up to it and when you can to really explore and connect to yourself again and what makes you curious. So don't let your dreams be dreams. Um, now, here's what I do today. I'm a grief expert, an artist. It's my first piece of art I I actually made for my daughter. I love you, sugar, for my uncle. I'm an advocate for fatherless daughters. And I've went on to write two other books and I'm working on my fourth right now. In 2023, I was decided, you know, I want to try, I want to do more. I want to really do other things. I quit corporate America, promptly had a hysterectomy. <laughs> and then right after that, um, my uncle died, my beloved uncle. And I was scared to death that death would consume me again and trauma would consume me again. But luckily all the therapy and all the help gave me some really good coping skills. And so I picked up my paintbrush, which I had not done since um, college and started painting again. So at 53, I became an artist. So you never know what's around the corner. It's never too late to start something new. I just want to say thank you for the opportunity. It's so interesting when you give yourself time and space and you don't rush yourself. So many beautiful, wonderful, wonderful things happen in your life and dreams do come true. I've learned that it helped me to help others, to know I'm not the only one. Put one foot in front of the other, find a life. Adding hope to the darkness, you start on the trip to recovery. Reach deep down inside and say, I, I'm going to live on. We laugh, we cry, and remember. Hope without action doesn't work. Hope with action can change the world. We always say, if you've lost hope, please lean on ours.